Hey everybody, in this show we discuss the 10KTF combat crates as well as the recent ApeCoin claim that 10KTF holders were able to access. We also talk about the US government sanctioning Tornado Cash, the run on the weekend of crypto dick butts up to almost four Ethereum, and the Potatoes NFT project, which is also a meme project but in a bit of a different direction. Overall, definitely a great show. It's just me and Nick. As usual, our content is sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at the nifty.com slash FTX or with the code the nifty on your FTX mobile app. Ladies and gentlemen, in this show, we are going to cover some of the stories of the NFT space. As always, nothing in this uh, program is financial advice. We are not financial advisors. The NFT space is insanely risky. So always do your own research. And if you enjoy the content, hit the like button, smash the subscribe button. It really helps us out with the algorithm. And as usual, our content is uh, sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at the nifty.com slash FTX or with the code the nifty on your FTX mobile app. Nick. This is our new format. We're on, we're workshopping the title. We don't have the the title fully uh, nailed down just yet, uh, but we want to talk about the stories of the NFT space and specifically what's happening in the market right now with a few different projects. So the first project that we're going to talk about is 10KTF. So this is an oldie but a goodie, one that you know we've been talking about at this point for just so so long, you know. Um, and they've actually had some news events or, or some mechanics develop in the past week or so, an airdrop and uh, some new stuff coming out in the collections. What do you make of what's going on with 10KTF? I'm pulling up some of the new stuff right now. Um, well, for, you said, said we, we went all the way back to us just aping in blindly to the project when it was like not clear exactly what it was. And uh, we were minting. I actually didn't mint at that time. I ended up having to get off secondary because I was like, I don't understand. This company is just charging me to mint merch with my, um, it's charging me to mint merch with my own ape. And they're charging me a lot. Screw this. In hindsight, I should have minted as much as humanly possible. Uh, but their latest stuff is interesting with their uh, battle. What the hell is it called? Um, I thought it was like the battle chest, but now I'm like, wait, no. battle, battle box, right? No, it's called, <laughs> it's called, uh, wow, this is a real struggle here. Apologies to everyone who's listening. Um, whatever it was, combat crates. Combat crate, battle box, so, combat crate, it's the same thing. So, but, but not, same, same, but different. So the combat crates, they're at 0.66. They've been sitting at this price primarily because they're minting essentially at the same level and equivalent in ApeCoin. Um, and you can mint these. I had the ability to mint and I didn't. I was out uh, yesterday and Saturday. And so I was just like, oh, I should go home and mint. And then when I last night when I was back, um, I went to go mint and I couldn't. So then I, then I was like, all right, I guess I, I can just... It's the same price on secondary pretty much. There's no... Uh, profit. If anything, there's like a hundred dollars per crate, yeah, like margin at this point. Um, it's pretty interesting. Uh, the, who knows what's coming? There's a lot of narrative. 10KTF is one of the most confusing projects. What uh, they're the most, they've done the best job on the visual narrative side of things, basically. So uh, if you go to their Twitter account. They just crush it on visual narrative. There's nobody that really comes close. 
And that's because you have Beeple essentially at the helm of that, who's attracting a bunch of world-class artists. And every single piece is like a different style. Um, it's going to be loud as hell. I I'm trying to... <laughs> uh, just mute the tab. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but yeah, they... Uh, uh, every single style, like this one's an army poster. This one, I guess you can't, but uh, they have this uh, merch showing up. I mean, you can turn the audio off if you want the video. Oh, you're still hearing it? Yes. Oh, I muted the, the tab. I'm, I'm well, not hearing it. Oh, well, the video, click on the video audio. I'm hearing a lot of noise right now. It's very loud. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. So, so I just was hearing you loud and clear. You're just so, hearing a loud ass thing. Yeah, okay. in my, in directly in in the dome. Uh, so, anyways, so I mean, you have this sort of trailer of crates. Like how incredible they're making movie trailers essentially. Although I would in, in a sort of video game uh, interlude format essentially. And they also have a couple other gaming elements that I've seen. Bottom line is, if you just scroll through all the content that they post, it's varied in its style. And I think that that's something that's quite unique is that um, from one item to the next, they have like, I saw a black and white comic book style. I saw some others. Um, and it's pretty interesting. I'm hearing that audio also. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Um, I know. <laughs> and, and so... Yeah, they're basically the best visual storytellers. What's weird is you don't really know much about like what is the storyline exactly. You got this guy, uh, Wagami-san, who essentially is fighting the Yakuza, um, but also involved with like, it's not clear, like are Toad's enemies? I have no idea. Uh, and yeah, the toads, yeah, the the toads, the toads are, are the enemies. Yakuza. Yeah. Okay, so the toads are the Yakuza. There or, you go. Or they're, they're teamed up with the Yakuza. Okay, so the bottom line is, is you got the good guys and the bad guys. Wagami's son is the one providing resources. And how that part of the narrative plays out is not exactly clear. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make a whole ton of sense to me. But uh, they make up with it for it with uh, all the visual elements that they've created here. And they're really piecing together a team, or as a startup would say, is like the plane on the runway. Um, and so I just think that it's... Um, it's incredibly well done from the visual. You want to flip through some of those other things because I, I, I think that there's a lot of, I, I use this as, so this is the one with uh, people are assuming mecha apes. And, and this that's is where the, the different style you're talking yeah, about. Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you keep going though, there's like, so there's this style. Then I saw like a black and white one. For those that are listening on audio, we're looking at color pictures. This is a different style than that last one that you were just looking at. Like it's clearly a different artist who made this one. This is another uh, style. There's the black and white comic. So each one of these different things, they just have a team of incredible visual creators. And uh, I don't know if they have like much of a storyline, um, but there's definitely humor built into it as well. Like they're definitely legal merch. Uh, and What's uh, going on here? Is this a game? Yeah, so the, uh, the speculation that this is in actual other side, um, th this functionality. I'm not quite sure about that, but regardless, like you could go hire a game designer. We've been discussing this and not actually produce a game. Like you can produce narrative and interesting storytelling. And I think that they're a really great example of it. So anyways, long story short, I love 10KTF. They're executing at the highest level of pretty much anybody in this game. Uh, they're up there with- um, Yuga. Uh, with Yuga and maybe even better than Yuga, frankly, on uh, execution side. 
because I haven't seen another team that's actually developed it at this level. Like you, you. I think of Doodles. What's what's the narrative? There is no narrative there. I think of um, Clone X, another one that uh, we discussed. The narrative is this company got bought by Nike, so it doesn't have anything <laughs> like. The, the, but there's that's not a storyline for me to experience. I guess it, it's not story driven in this way but it is an og team that's that's basically the original metaverse wearable as we're calling it these days is metaverse wearable versus uh metaverse clothing and they've been building since 2018 peak of this bull run they sold to nike for a bunch of money i think that's the narrative whereas 10ktf is literally building storytelling and it looks like it's going to potentially interweave into other content maybe a game comes first everybody says that they're going to have a TV show like the very the first like six months of mainstream NFTs was everybody saying that they were going to have a, t a TV show so I'm hesitant to bring up the idea of a TV show uh, but it is a project that I could see that happening with TV is an interesting one I love 10ktf's approach and we're turning to it as a source of inspiration um, primarily because the layering of you don't need a whole ton of stuff from the narrative side of things, and but you can tell a story, and you can do so visually. For us, we do we create content as well, so this is a medium for us where we would create narrative as well, as well as on our Twitter spaces. But I just think they're leaning into what they're best at, and that's visuals, and they're trying to leverage that to kind of uh, weave an experience and. Yeah, they're basically the best in the game at this point in time at doing that. Like, when you think of Yuga Labs, what is the storyline with uh, Board Ape Yacht Club? You got some apes. Uh, they they were um, crypto traders, basically, or supposedly the story behind it. And now they've retired to this uh, swamp place where they hang out and pass the days by. Then they end up with this mutant serum that they consume. At, at, but what's the reason behind why they did it? Like, why did they consume that mutant serum? No idea. Do, like, know. it doesn't make sense. People make visuals and stuff like that you see on Twitter all the time of, like, people drinking the mutant serum and them and, and all these cool 3D animations and stuff. But they're creating the story. Now, maybe that's the brilliance of it, but simultaneously, it doesn't provide a lot of guardrails for, like, what is that story? Then out of nowhere, like Jimmy the Monkey shows up. Jimmy the Monkey's causing a lot of trouble. Who the <laughs> fuck is Jimmy the Monkey? Like, where did that come from? But suddenly they did their, um, when they did that uh, uh, puzzle that everyone had to solve, it, Jimmy the Monkey just shows up and suddenly is a main character. And then like when they made their second roadmap, Jimmy the Monkey is like this major character in it. And I'm like, I have no idea who the fuck Jimmy the Monkey is. But uh dope i'm getting some more nfts and making more money like that's the narrative the narrative is like i will say it became literally what the original story was a bunch of crypto traders that ended up making a bunch of money from trading crypto and then if you had held on to the apes you made a bunch of money essentially trading crypto um, so, and so, so it, like it you, you are an ape yeah exactly <laughs> so i think that that's uh i mean I'm sh they couldn't have like predicted that happening, but uh, it, it is sort of beautiful in that regard. So, yeah. Crazy. All right. So moving on from 10KTF uh, 10, and uh, 
you know, it, it is interesting to see what's coming of 10 KTF. Now we didn't really talk about the combat crates, but at the end of the day, like this is the first new 10 KTF asset besides the Gucci apes. So 10 KTF has expanded their ecosystem. What's interesting to me is that the combat crates have a higher floor than, <coughs> excuse me, than the Genesis collection. I guess I would be curious to get your take on this, Nick, or it's an identical floor to the Genesis collection. It's a higher floor than the overall collection. What do you make of, you know, given all the positive things that we just said about 10 KTF and the people that believe in 10 KTF are diehard believers, you know, seriously, like real yeah. diehard believers. Um, what do you make of a 0.54 Ethereum floor on 10 KTF? And look at this. You can even get Board API Club how assets near floor. How many assets are there? So in this collection, there's 22,000. That's a lot of items. Well, it is, but at the same time, I mean, there, there's 20,000 mutant apes. And obviously that's a bad example mm. be, because of the success of Board API Club. But check this out. World of Women Galaxy has over is 21,400. Think about that for a second, huh? So you're looking at 31,400 World of Women assets. What is World of Women worth now? Uh, the the main collection, I would bet my bet right now is probably two and a half ETH floor. Let's what? see. What, that's my bet. What was your bet? Uh, I'm gonna go with three point five. Three point zero nine. So you okay, you right were in the closer. middle. Yeah, but you you were slightly closer. Okay, uh, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> Ten KTF though. So we got twenty two thousand assets here. How many combat crates we got? Combat crates. I think they're up to seven thousand something, and then you have um, the Gucci. Then you also have the Gucci. And is there anything else that they were involved with? Well, there's the materials. So the Gucci ape is another forty three hundred, and then so they're now closing in on World of Women level assets. And then yeah, if you go to stock room, the materials here. Uh, what, what's the what's this Gucci thing at? Okay, wow. So I sold this. Wow. Every once in a while, you sell something for uh, a good like profit and you don't feel bad about it after. So the move with this here real quick, I'm digressing, but then we'll go back the move from this. Um, and Shirag donated five bucks. He asked if we can talk about Utes. We were going to be talking about Utes because it's one of the biggest stories in the NFT space right now on either blockchain, but check it out. So, uh, the Gucci vault material, you got this in exchange for taking your Gucci ape and sending it into battle on battle.town, which is the 10 KTF like gamified battle website. So I did that with my Gucci ape. I received this in response and it was like 0.32 or 0.34 Ethereum. At the time that was about like 550 US dollar equivalent the day that I received it. I could have just floored it there if I said, like I was in a state where I, I was did. like, are you floored it right there? I've sold one of them right away. Run one of them right away. So I was in a state where I was like, I'm overexposed to NFTs. I don't want to have this like excessive amount of NFT exposure. And I've, I had been looking at my portfolio, any sort of airdrop type of thing I was selling and just turning into cash, just in like a personal uh, stage for myself to rebalance a little bit, specifically into cash. And if I was going to invest in anything besides cash, it was actually going to be the legacy stock market, like the stock market, you know, equities, because that's 
that's recognized by banks. So this was like a personal thing, right? Um, but I said, wait a minute, instead of flooring this right now, number one, knowing that a lot of times these airdrops or in this case, a free claim can pump after the fact, I was like, knowing that and knowing that it's actually a Gucci item and in real life Gucci items can cost four figures, five figures easily. I was like, I'm not selling this for less than a dollar. I mean, a thousand dollars. And so, yeah, less than one dollar. So I priced it at, I believe it was like 0.62 ETH, 0.63 ETH. At that time, it was about 1100 bucks. And boom, in a couple of days, there was a pump and it sold. And it looks like now it's back down at 0.44. So not I, was, a I was wondering why that price was what it is. And it's because ETH is, uh, ETH dropped. And then my Bitcoin trade went against uh, every time. Every time your boy's losing money right now, it's so good. Look, trading's a, a rough game. Uh, but anyway, that was a long tangent on the Gucci vault, but it's not a full round trip, but it's just how it can go sometimes in the NFT and crypto so, markets. What, I mean, the one thing that's interesting is, is how that one looks in, in the set of materials is it's the yeah. only colored uh, that's not this black is, and white. I guess it's brown on the leather, but yeah. So, it um, sticks out. Let's put it that I, way. Yeah. The materials to me was one that was interesting. What was cool was they were one of the first to use that sort of dynamic where leverage this asset to plug into another area. And so um, there's a lot of interesting things being done there. That said, um, I, I personally didn't love it. And the thing that was most difficult about 10KTF was that I had to keep checking in all the time. And it was every Thursday. They now have missions on their website. There are a lot of moving parts and it requires uh, a decent amount of uh, time to check in and uh, pay attention to what's going on. That said, it's pretty effective in the sense that there's a ton of people who are engaging with the project now. So I don't know, they've done a great job. I'm bullish on 10 KTF. They're a leader in the space. Any criticism I have is like incredibly nuanced. Um, and, and as a whole, I, I, would bet and am betting on them because I still own some materials. I own one of these bags at least. I own uh, two Gucci grails. Uh, I own one of those Gucci uh, fabrics or whatever the hell it is now. Yep. And uh, I, I probably want to grab some of the crates as well just because um, I think that they have uh, some of the greatest potential at this moment in time and they're gonna facilitate partnerships with some large brands, and they already have with at least one, which, which is Gucci, and their execution has been relatively flawless. Um, so like the websites always work, the everything is already always built properly, their Twitter execution is incredible. It, they just fit well within um, the NFT space, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'd invest in them all day long. Yeah, a couple things before we move on is only in Austin said floor is based on people not wanting to own assets with other people's profile pictures. But if you understand what's going on, you know that's not a big deal. I totally agree. This the first sentence was actually the narrative that I would present before I understood 10KTF and I understood the value in it and what the future would really look like. And then I fell into the camp that's in the second sentence. And then Joey Badaboom said 10KTF is still a sleeping giant. Low key. 10KTF was dead for a while. I think what he's referring to is just the price trading sideways really being flat for a long time. Well, it, and yeah. no one knew what it was. Like, if you remember, like when we hopped on the show, when we first bought, 
and and kicks was like didn't he accidentally spend 25 grand on like leather goods and scissors and things like that like it wasn't an accident he just wasn't really doing the math while he spent yeah. egregious amounts of money yeah and and so we all were buying and we were just like this seems huge the the lesson there was just keep holding on and this space is phenomenal because it, it's great and awful at the same time because if you create mystery around your project then the price goes up that's the bottom line you want to make mystery you don't want to actually reveal the information about anything ever that's the rule never reveal the information if Straight you on. reveal the information if you if you're going to uh it's actually um called the soap opera sequence is uh, there's this guy who does email marketing and it's what he talks about but essentially in soap operas you don't close all loops never close all loops instead there's always as you're closing one loop you always open another one basically and so they're mastering the soap opera sequence essentially and saying hey yeah we finished that battle but look out there's this other thing that's going on and essentially you have to stay in so like all of those pieces are always in play and that's key i think for any project to learn from that the downside of that is that it's ripe for scammers basically because if you're not revealing information and that's what the market values well you can just make up a bunch of shit and sort of open up loops and be like get like present a mystery when, when there's really no mystery about it you're just scamming people out of money so so you open the loop and you just never close it you just walk away so you're like oh what is this gonna be what what is this project gonna be nothing it's, it's literally, it's literally not going to be anything. <laughs> but when there's mystery, I mean, that's the pack play. It's literally pack, right? Um, yes. Marat <laughs> Pak does a very good job on that. There's a bunch of others. Joey Badaboom said there wasn't a mystery. Yeah, people thought it was people. It was people. But there was some ambiguity to these things, right? Like the degree of mystery varies from one project to the next. But yeah, what's the... um. Well, was there anything else you wanted to discuss on 10KTF? On 10KTF, I think we're probably good, unless there was anything else you wanted to add there at the end. No, I mean, I th I'm bullish on it. I think what they're doing is great. Could they make errors? Yeah, but I think that there's few people that are executing on a level that they are right now, and I get the sense that they're investing in a very big way, and there's something big coming. And we know one of the, one of the artists who's joining, I don't want to name names, but the bottom line is, we know very talented people are joining that team. And so like, it feels like it's all leading up to something significant. And that's really gonna be the, the huge um, revelation whenever that happens, whether that's a game, whether it's a partnership with uh, Yuga on Mecha Apes, whether like, who knows what it is. Um, and I actually think the Mecha Apes could be, like, could be it. Because it, the, the idea of having crossovers is so to me so powerful yeah. and we haven't fully explored that in a in a significant way yet where the biggest brand in the space allows like the the luxury clothing brand to go make you know like to to create some asset for the apes that only the apes get access to apes dogs whatever it is but the um there's a ton of potential there because uh Yuga Labs themselves has said the goal is to figure out how do we deliver as much value as possible to the apes 
And that's the foundation. That's like the reason of existence. And then other deed is the other thing is how do we build a game that's compelling enough for people to engage with it? I just think there's going to be through that, all that we've seen so far is airdrops. Yeah. And as incredible as that is and life-changing as that is, which it is, yeah. um, that can only last for so long. Like you can only keep dropping NFTs within the same ecosystem for, uh, you know, and it is so much time. So I think there will be a lot of real world stuff. I think there's going to be other things. Who knows though? It's still pretty expensive when you think about it. Uh, most, most club memberships don't cost over a hundred grand. Just saying. We'll see how the whole thing shakes out. We'll see if it's worth it. On to the next thing, crypto dick butts. So crypto dick butts, uh, this was dick a, a I mean, this one, this is a real cook. And, uh, you know, Nick still owns one. Me and it's coming Nick down a little bit. Yeah, me and Nick bought them within minutes of each other. We were at an event at Christie's in New York City and Sergito, shout out to Sergito, who's a punk owner. I, I'm not sure if he's still an ape owner. He definitely was at one point. He might still be. Um, but anyway, he's uh, he's someone that really knows this stuff when it comes to NFTs and the finance. And he said, crypto dick butts, like this is, this is the thing. We really didn't receive much more information than that. It was basically like, you should get one of these. I'm telling everybody about these. Everybody's going to want them. Farouk had bought them the day before. Keith Grossman bought them the same day. They are in reference to a meme from years ago uh, by someone named, I believe, JC something. I'm going to get that name for you while we are on um, the show here. But the bottom line is it's a meme play. It's pixelated artwork. It's a very, Casey Green in 2006, comic book artist created the meme. And, um, and yeah, I mean, we're looking at a 5,200 piece collection right here. The floor has surged. When me and Nick bought in, they were 1.7 Ethereum floor. And now uh, they're just, they're just not. They're at 3.6. And uh, they seem Going to be. Going for $7,000 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. $6,669. It's kind of nuts. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, it's kind of crazy to see a cook like this. But at the same time, in the NFT space, these types of things can happen. And if people, uh, you know, if a meme kind of resonates with them, if they think it's funny, the pixelated thing sort of gives it a, a kind of aura. And I mean, at the end of the day, even though these are silly and they are what they are, the traits are high effort. Like whoever did make this collection uh, really, you know, put effort into it. So it's it's been wild to see them capture really captured the attention of the space over the past few days. Our very own Depeche Node bought three at the same time that we bought them, and he sold one into this pump, so shout out to Node. I, he might be free ride, a free roll in at least one of them. He um, said two. Okay, wow, that's, that's crazy. Uh, so yeah, Nick, I mean, what, what do you think of what we're seeing from these right now? This is basically like the 2022 Cryptodes, although it's from 2021, but the pump is similar to how cryptodes played out. You had a lot of punks that were interested in cryptodes. They had custom, a lot of them had custom ones made for them. And uh, those pumped uh, pretty high. Uh, I don't remember the peak cryptode price, um, but it was, it got up there. It was pretty expensive. And last summer, everything got up there. But I don't know. You know, I, this is one that's just like, uh, it's a meme. This, this is the sort of thing that um, kind of infuriates people about the NFT space, to be completely honest. Um, 
Because they don't if, get it. They're like, I don't get it. Why would yeah, that be worth $7,000? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it only is because someone's willing to pay it. Um, but I saw there was another tweet this morning that I had seen from, I'm blanking on her name, but I see her YouTube sometimes. And she talks about like how to like generate cash flow businesses and from like owning a coin operated laundry place or starting an Airbnb or any of these other different things, basically. Finance YouTuber. Yeah. yeah. And so finance. entrepreneurship. Um, and she, uh, she did a tweet where she was like, I bought a, uh, I bought a house for 2 million and I'm generating 40,000 a month in cash flow, uh, off of that. Um, or you could go buy a, uh, ether rock for a picture of a rock for $2 million and it won't do shit. Uh, and it was, it was basically that, I mean, the ether rocks people who were behind it, Meltem Demoir, or however you say her name, I'm butchering the last name. Um, she, um, she, she owned an ether rock and she's equally behind this one as well. Um, not like she, she's not leading the, like she's not the cause of this, but she keeps buying them and she definitely helped contribute to this pump. Um, it feels similar. Uh, so I compare it to uh, a mixture between Ether Rocks and uh, cryptodes in terms of relevance. I have not hopped in the Discord of this, to be completely honest. Um, and most of the times, most of the time now, I'm less active in some of those Discords. I look at the, it's just a different time right now in the market. So it's hard to make exact comparisons to these things. But I think they're hilarious. Mine has a carrot in its butt. Um, and I thought that that was funny and, uh, and they look funny. I mean, they're, they're pretty hilarious. I could see people getting tattoos of these things to be completely honest. Like they're, they're, they're funny looking characters. Um, they make for good stickers also. I, I just think they look, I'd like to see them running around in a game also. Like there's all sorts of, um, there's a lot of potential here, but it's also simultaneously infuriating, I'm sure, to a lot of people to see something like this. And really, I, I think for those people, what it just shows is, is the power of driving a collective of people toward a given objective. In this case, it's this thing is cool. Let's all get it. And I think that's what's you know misunderstood oftentimes about this. It doesn't matter what the image is. It doesn't matter at all. It just matters that a group of people think that it's funny and uh, worth investing in, and happens to be a, people, a group of people with uh, plenty of means. Uh, the person in the comments said Cody Sanchez. That's correct, Cody Sanchez. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's, I'm excited that I bought one. Uh, I felt like for a moment, you know, I'm part of a crew, but like, I'm not like active in the Discord, so it, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm in this game to make money, and from that standpoint, I might as well sell. But this feels like one of those that like you look back and suddenly it's 10 ETH, and you're like, how the hell did that thing end up 10 ETH? And it's so offensive <laughs> that, it's that, that it's that expensive. Um, and yeah, that did rhyme. Is that, you know, it, it, it suddenly becomes art. And I think of a lot of modern art and that's kind of what it falls in that category. So who knows, maybe this ends up, you know, in that realm. Good art has to be expensive. That's what they said in the documentary that we just watched, The Price of Everything. And, uh, you know, when you see these, I actually feel like I could see these in a museum printed, like really, really big. I mean, this one's a Fidenzo and this one's just crazy. What? 
with the McDonald's hat. McDonald's hat Fidenza. Talk about hitting the jackpot. Whoever minted this bad boy. Oh, my God. This is crazy. But anyway, uh, I could see it in a museum. Really big print with a fine art frame. I think that that's hilarious to think about. And I think it would work, you know. And so I'm actually going to go a little off book here and pull up potatoes which is something that we bought into. We are underwater on this uh, by almost 0.2 ETH if, when I look at the price right now. Um, and this is a combination, I would say, of what we just saw with crypto dick butts and an actual, you know, like startup-y NFT project. So if, if crypto dick butts is just the meme that nobody ever has to do anything to support and it just becomes like a fine art slash collectible type of thing, in the NFT space, well then potatoes actually isn't in that direction because it's got a team with a CEO and people that actually care about it. Um, and they're going to be doing stuff to drive things forward. Uh, my, or not my assumption, but uh, my understanding is that potatoes, for example, this week are going to introduce staking. Um, so yeah, you and me bought into this recently. I'm uh, down now. Yeah, we're down a little bit. We bought in at 1.54, if I recall, 1.56 area. And now it looks like the floor floor one is 1.38. And um, let me see the listings. Dude, it's like I make money in this hand and lose money in this hand. It's a tough game. It's a really tough game. But we are looking at almost 50% unique ownership. Uh, the volume is still steady. Uh, in fact, the volume today is better than the volume yesterday and the day before. So, you know, all th hope is not lost on potatoes. So we'll have to see what happens with them. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep our eyes peeled. Do you, what are your thoughts on potatoes? I know you've talked about it a bit. What, what are, you know, when you look at potatoes, what are you thinking about? Um, I'm thinking that I uh, like them. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I like them. I, I explained the narrative or my investment thesis around it the other day. And then after sleeping on it, I wanted to sell immediately. <laughs> and I haven't sold. Um, so that's how I'm kind of feeling about it at the moment. Um, it's one that I think has a ton of potential. Uh, it's a team that has a bunch of resources. Uh, and then simultaneously, um, I got, I feel like I just got swept up in the moment and uh, really went, went with it. I called you up and Node and said, this is it. This is the future. <laughs> this is it. The buy, buy the literal top. And, and, it, it wasn't the literal top. It, it, was, was, it was close. It was very close to the top. Um, and I just did that on Bitcoin today as well. So, yeah, um, doing pretty well. Um, I don't got anything else to add to this. Okay, someone randomly asked if I was underwater on the carton trade, which is the Lyrical Lemonade drop, or did I make an exit? I only bought one initially. I bought it sub one ETH at the time, so I think that I'm above water in Ethereum terms, but when Ethereum corrects by over 50%, you have to think, um, you have to think that you might be underwater. So I haven't checked on it, though. It's one that uh, you know, I am fine with holding. Last, uh, last little topic that we can talk about, Nick, we've been going for about 34 minutes here, is uh, the, the tornado cash situation. United States sanctioning tornado cash. Um, more of a news event than a story in the NFT space, but maybe um, some, somewhat of a step in the right direction when, um, 
or, or in a step in a direction for the U.S. government when it comes to regulation and, and crypto-related stuff. Uh, do you think it's a nothing burger? Do you think it's going to set a precedent? What do you well, think? Well, people's accounts are being shut down. So there were GitHub accounts shut down today. There were, um, uh, there's, uh, the people's other like actual crypto accounts are going to be shut down on exchanges. These are all things that are imminently going to happen, um, all based on repercussions of having interacted with Tornado Cash. Um, so there, were, there was also some stuff circulating about the fact that there's a bunch of USDC locked up in this and that that could cause some issues as well. I, I don't uh, have 100% of the details, but uh, the way that this is going down is uh, less than ideal. My guess, though, is if you well, the, the GitHub one was if you contributed to the Tornado Cash repository, your entire GitHub account is blocked and, and banned at this point, which is that's a shitty position to be in. But for GitHub, they have to do that because it protects them against millions of dollars in um, damages that they would be uh, responsible for from uh, I'm blanking on the name of the the enforcement agency um, behind this. But yeah, the whole thing is, I actually think it's not great. Um, that said, like I haven't interacted with Tornado Cash, but can you imagine having been at like a hackathon or something like that, you know, a couple of years ago, you find out about Tornado Cash, you're just sending ETH around in different places. Like you're just screwing around with it. And now suddenly Gemini calls you and tells you we shut down your account. Like that's going to be like a, a, a situation that happens uh, to some people. And I, that's not going to be um, great. Uh, I think separately, um, I, I generally, I, the other thing that's interesting about this is privacy protecting crypto is not going to exist basically like in the US. It's just not going to as far as like you can have your wallet and you can move stuff over there, but there's going to be some way for our, our government institutions to track all those transactions to and from your exchange address. And there's no doubt that uh, Coinbase, Gemini, FTA, anyone that's operating within the US is going to have to report the addresses um, to the government to let them know who's behind each of those individual addresses. So uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it, it's a major move. And it's interesting because both you have crypto people, like you were saying, like, well, we need we need uh, government regulation. Yes, we need government regulation. Uh, and then you have the idealists in crypto from like the original Bitcoin people who would be like, fuck the government, basically. Yeah. And so you have these two conflicting things. And it, it's going to be very interesting to see how this pans out. It's going in the direction that I would anticipate, which is that this all gets commercialized and corporatized, basically, um, is where we're headed. And so uh, it's, pr it's pretty funny um, because the source of this was, was to go against that. And we're going to end up operating in, a, in an ecosystem where the government has regulated a lot of this. And they have a lot of strings that they can pull um, primarily with the on-ramp to fiat. Yeah. Um, or off-ramp to fiat, whatever you want to call it. The necessary um, thing, you know, that you got to be able to use the money. And so there you go. So uh, unless someone takes crypto and then like it, you're going to become that person who's sketchy that's saying, well, look, I can't give it to you in cash, but I'll pay you in crypto. Uh, it then has this negative connotation um, moving forward. And so no one's going to want to mess with that.
Um, someone, someone will, but um, it, 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 it only amplifies the criminal behavior activity associated with, uh, with it. That said, now there will be less of it, um, so it's going to be more difficult to uh, cl you know, clean your money uh, from all of the... I know you've been involved with a lot of murders and drug trafficking, so I think that that's... Um, it, you may want to like clean up that side of your uh, business activities. Got to clean up my act. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we're going to be doing the show Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We'll be joined by Captain Kicks. He couldn't make it today, but he will be here on Wednesday 100%. And the show will normally be on at 4 p.m. EST. Had some technical issues. Got a new streaming platform, so the audio should be crisper. Shout out again to our sponsor, FTX. If you sign up with our code, uh, thenifty.com slash FTX, or with the code the Nifty on your FTX mobile app, and spend over $200 on a cryptocurrency of your choice with our code, you will get $20 deposited into your account. So get FTX, start making transactions. You're not going to regret that you did it. It's built by traders, for traders, and they're only getting better. Like everyone that works at FTX pretty much is an engineer. They got a lean team. They're buying entities like BlockFi. SBF bought 8% of Robinhood. They just introduced fractional share stock trading. What are you waiting for? Check out FTX. Um, and as usual, if you enjoy the content, hit the like button, smash the subscribe button. You're also going to see Easy Eats bodega launch his own youtube channel that will be focused on solana so that's going to be epic he's already got his solana uh audio show on on twitter spaces his podcast uh that's been shredding monday through thursday at 5 p.m we got a lot of stuff going on we're cooking uh and also you know watch out for the nft stuff because you already know there's there's some stuff that's happening over there uh well anyway nick's really busy so we gotta go we will catch you guys later